I have gotten dunks the past two days. I forgot how much I love dunks, dude. Starbucks That's... just is not the same. Starbucks is good coffee. I yes, but the struggle to like just like I I don't go to a Starbucks literally because of how long it takes. Mm-hmm. I, I'll be in line at the grocery store. I'm I'm in the line. I have they haven't been beeping my stuff through. I'm in the line. I text her. You know what? By the time I get to the Starbucks, which is like three minute walk away from the supermarket. Like by the time I get all my shit beeped through, pay, get to my car, put everything in there and then walk over. I think it's going to be done. That probably ordeal takes maybe 10 minutes. Yeah. I get there and they're not done. I understand they're busy because the Starbucks in my town is like always just jam packed. Like there's always orders being made. There's never a dull moment for them. I I think. Um, And I'm like one right downtown, right? Yeah. Because the thing is, is like with the one I worked at, like if you go to a drive-thru store, drive-thru orders always take priority over mobile orders. So if you order at a time when drive-thru is really busy, your mobile order is going to take longer because we don't give a fuck about your stupid mobile order. And also it's like a mobile order could show up at any time. Yeah, like I'm sitting – so they have no drive-thru at that one. So it's all mobile orders or walk-ins. I have a story to tell about in a sec but um yeah i'm just like saying that i always she just has sarah has on her phone like our order all she does is hit the button pays and she's good and for her it's it is like the like the double pump in the foam and the almond milk and all this the three shots in a venti cup or whatever i just get a an iced americano grande yeah done that should take all of three seconds to make. You, people should, at Starbucks should see that and go, finally, an easy fucking. It's it's literally um, your shots are supposed to pull between eighteen and twenty four seconds, so it should take no more than fifty seconds. Yeah, it's just espresso and water and ice in a cup to pull two sh- sets of shots. It should be a minute total at most to yeah. make that drink. And I'm standing there like. I get it. There's uh, other orders. Like they are going very fast. There's like that one time or another. Like I've seen. I've been in there on a Sunday morning. Um, there's like seven people behind that. Just they're pumping them out. Yeah. They're like they're bringing out like orders of like uh, or like eight coffees for Tim, and it's like Jesus Christ. Like and they pump out eight coffees, but it is wild because like there is. I feel like this general like like attitude toward like starbucks and like those types of workers that like those people aren't good workers and it's like no that's like you're essentially a bartender like if you see starbucks on a resume you should hire that person if they were good at starbucks because they're gonna fucking and like the multitasking involved is like it's insane dude that's why they call the people that work behind the counter at Starbucks a barista, and the people that work behind the counter at Dunks are just the people that work behind the counter at Dunks. Yeah. Like, yeah. they're not baristas and everything. Like, and it's also like with Starbucks, it's like, like so I was always the person that was like taking orders in the drive-through, and I would always solo, so I'd be taking orders in the drive-through and dealing with people paying for it, trying to keep the orders in line, and then also trying to translate. Because these stupid fucking people don't know how to order something at Starbucks. Oh. Uh, so they'd be like, can I, have, be- uh, can I have a large uh, 
what are the chocolate ones? And I'm like, there's 15 chocolate drinks, dude. Yeah, I mean, with that, like, you should know, like, oh, I want a mocha. If that's what, if that, if the, if the simple, I mean, I guess, like, I have gotten to the point where I've gone to it enough where I'm like, I understand that a tall is a small yeah, or, yeah. And, and like, that a I don't give a medium, shit if you don't use the size, like, I'm, I speak English. I understand. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I do that for the benefit, but I say regular English sizes. I've been to the Starbucks though to also to avoid when I, a long time ago to avoid the like do you mean a grande those people I just say like what's the medium one called I'll have that and just it cuts out the oh you mean a gr-. sometimes they'll they they did it but most of the time they're like I got gotcha. you like those people are I so annoying and but I yeah. also think like the you also need to like you and then the people making it need to translate the fucking gibberish that is two pumps of caramel and sweet cream under a venti like that itself is like a a, a math algorithm that i cannot translate just there were people that would come in and it would be like 10 lines of modifications and i'm just like what are you doing and people are making those uh, because i've seen them on tiktok people are going like Next time you go to Starbucks, order the I call it the it's unicorn. So drink. annoying, and it's dude. and they themselves have ordered it, and it's bullshit. It's like bubble gum and vanilla, and uh, they're all terrible, dude. Oh my god, the um, the times where I have tasted hers, and I the my, the worst one was there was a big kick for uh, it was um pumpkin cream cold foam on everything. And people get like a, a large chai with pumpkin cream cold foam. And I'm like, do you have any concept of how much sugar is in this? It's like probably in the triple digits. Or even like what tastes good together. I honestly don't think pumpkin and chai. I mean, yes, I can see if you spices, put but... a pump of pumpkin in your chai. That's one thing. Yeah. But, but the like, people, I've seen people um order they get a green drink and it's not a green tea latte they put, like i want matcha in my espresso and it's like what people like, would get like a green tea latte and be like can i have a couple shots of espresso in there and i'm like you realize it has caffeine in it and also yeah. it's going to taste like the inside of my asshole <laughs> it's uh, the matcha is already a very pungent oh, like taste disgusting. and then to put like strong espresso on it is Yucky. It's gross. Sarah, They're... what's your what's your go-to Starbucks order? I'm super gross, but to do like three shots of ice, almond milk, some sort of shot flavor. So three kind of like cold cream sometimes. Three espresso over ice, then the almond milk, and then the shot of and then the cold foam cream. And that see that. What is cold foam cream? Do they just put foam on top and that's it? So there's a couple different types of cold foam. Um, there is regular, just standard cold foam is just non-fat milk that we essentially whip. And so then it creates like the non-fat for some reason is the, I think it has something to do with fat content, but like cream is really bad to make foam out of, but non-fat milk is really good to make foam out of. Um, <clears throat> almond milk isn't the best for foam because we the Nespresso almond milk is terrible. All, we have the... Nespresso frother and the almond milk always comes a little weird. So like, and we haven't had milk, like legit milk in the house for a long time. This is like, this is like we put it in a blender and it essentially just whips it. Um, but then there's also like 
there's a uh, salted cream cold foam that is our sweet cream or like sweet cream cold foam is just <laughs> sweet cream that we do the same thing to and then yeah. it gets but that's like a sweet yeah. it's vanilla sweetened with vanilla and then there's like a whole different like bunch of different like specialty drinks like there's cinnamon almond milk cold foam no yeah. it's just it's too much like i understand that that's starbucks's niche where they are like they probably train you to be like you are going to get fucked up orders and you just gotta grit your teeth and smile for it yeah yeah i I could not like i uh, this i always bring up a story where i worked at the country club and um, a a man a full-grown 50-year-old man adult like man he's like i'll have a washington apple martini and then i make it "Mm, it's not it's not sweet enough i need more apple pucker liqueur in it and i'm like dude like and then they, all of his buddies come in. He, he gets in early, so it's not during a rush, and he orders shit like that so that his friends don't come in and call him the F word to his face. Yes. <laughs> call him a hard F. Yeah, and there's been times where he's like, hey, and they like pat him on the back. They're just like, is it nice and sweet for you, F word? <laughs> and I'm just like, and they're already all hammered because they've been on the course for fucking, they played 36 holes. They was blasted. Yeah, just calling each other F words. Well, on that note of the F word, welcome to the Tronson. Welcome to the Tronson <laughs> podcast. Of- Picture this: I'm a bag of dicks. Put me to your. Duncan and I have already recorded um, an episode, a Festivus special. Um, you are, you've probably already heard that. So this is um, our second run through. Um, we are going to do a, uh, a little bit shorter of an episode since we've already given you, um, poured our heart out today, yes. um, airing some grievances, but, um, just, just to kind of wrap up our beginning, um, we are, a pro LGBTQ plus podcast and an yeah. anti Woolrich podcast. Yes. Well said, Duncan. Yeah. We are, um, anti Theos, anti Woolrich and pro LGBTQ. Yeah, and BLM, and all of the acronyms. We're pro acronym podcast. Yeah, um, except for SS. Well, um, <laughs> depending on the day, <laughs> I'm pro SS, social studies. Yes, hey, Bada-bing. I'm pro superstore. Yes, yes. Um, um, we have a, I mean, a decent amount of stuff. We have a big Mandalorian episode to cover. Um, but I would like to, I think we're just going to start right off the rip with some music. Um, actually, no, we have to start off with, uh, an announcement, something that I did this week. Do I know about this? Yeah. I got a mullet. Oh yeah. Duncan. Um, (laughs) if you've listened to the, uh, Festivus episode, you know that Duncan is a bad decision maker (laughs) and has decided to get a mullet. Yeah, it started out with me wanting an undercut, uh, just like one of the trendy fashion men's long hairstyles of the the day and age. And um, I, um, the, the jet, I described it to my barber who I've been going to for a while now, um, friends with him on Facebook. So you could say it's pretty serious. Um, And he kind of like, did the preparation for it and then he was like okay how does this look and i immediately was like okay you 
who didn't quite get what I was going for. So I was like, honestly, just kind of start what you were doing. And then once you get into a mullet, let me see how it looks. And I was like, okay, this is passable until I figure out what I actually want to do with it. You were like, you like side, side. And you're like, you know what? Stop right there. Also, if I'm like, if I wear it down, it doesn't, it doesn't look horrendous and it doesn't look like a mullet. Sometimes you, you get an angle where I don't see all the hair out of the back, and it just looks like – it doesn't even look like you got an undercut. It just looks yeah. like you got hair. And then if I, if I put it up in like a top knot, it just kind of looks funny. Do you wear a hat for Amazon? Sometimes. It depends it like on how – like a beanie or a cap? I just wear my uh, – I actually have it right here. I wear my uh, Carhartt beanie. Oh, I was going to say I was, oh. your RTJ. It's, it's I was slightly color- too cold. Oh. Well, the color scheme, I feel like, works. I did get given a, uh, I got a, I got an Amazon beanie and an Amazon like golf hat. The golf hat is disgusting. Really? Like horrifying. Uh, so I don't wear that. It's like this, like, yeah, I have a dope vest. Can you, can you like say I uh, lost my vest and then mail me the vest? <laughs> I just want to wear. I just like vests now. <laughs> it's winter time. It's a nice like reflective vest. Perfect. Yeah. It's not, it's very, I want to look important is what I'm saying. When yeah. I'm walking around and be like, Hey, <laughs> just put did, it on and just, just walk. I want to walk down downtown my town and be like, I hope you like the package. <laughs> if you, like, if you want to get away with anything, if you want to become invisible, just throw on an Amazon vest and you look like you belong anywhere. And then if someone's like, what are you doing here? Just be like, Oh, I'm looking for like, uh, the office, uh, 1001. Yeah. And they're like, uh, this is a one-story apartment building. And you're like, yeah, you're in a 1001. School, sir. <laughs> you're in an elementary school. But in uh, right outside of Nashville, yesterday or two days ago, an Amazon truck driver got robbed at gunpoint. And they took all of her packages. Wow. And I was like, Christmas. please, please, please do that to me. I'm not, like, I really want to see, like, were you trained if that happens? Wow. I'd so just be like, yeah. Take Daddy all Jesus. random packages. I would actually, I would start like, like, um, interviewing them. I'd be like, what do you guys, like, I'm not going to get you guys in trouble. I'm on your team. But what do you guys plan on doing with these? Like, are you going to sell these? Are you going to use these? Do you have any clue what's in them? I, I can just picture it. Like, I would be like sitting in the front seat. They would be going through all of them. And just like, maybe they're like searching through them to be like what they want. But I'd just be like, who do you guys think are in there? <laughs> Find anything good? You guys let me, just let me know what's in there. I'm always intrigued. I've always wanted guys, to know. If you just want to like leave me like, you know, if someone just got toilet paper, I need some back in my house. <laughs> just leave but, me. Yeah. I, I would be the most annoying person to rob because I'd just be so apathetic. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that, that you tripped on the, the way up the van and everything. Like, I hope you're you're doing okay. You, let me get the door for you. Yeah. Here you go. Have a nice day, guys. Yeah, yeah, Just leave me with my cell phone. That's all I ask. That's crazy. Yeah. And aren't you outside of Nashville? Yeah, you're but like, it's out? like the other way. It's oh. it's not a route that we normally would have. Not, not the good part of Nashville. Yeah. No. I'm in like, dude, I was on Zillow the other day in like one of the neighborhoods I was in. million home. I was like, that's ridiculous. That's a tax bracket that I will never, ever sniff. I really hope that the audio picks up all this crunching because I can't stop eating these pita chips. 
I can't stop. Well, um, uh, do you mind if I also um, cut in and have a smaller announcement? Yeah. I, where am I? Got some notes. I got some character notes for mm-hmm. our, our titular character of my novel. Yeah. I have, like, basically a rundown of what he looks like and some of his, like, like very um, visual characteristics. And then I have a big page of, um, basically, I, I did pros and cons. Again, like his strengths and weaknesses. That's what I probably should have written down. Yeah. And then, like, a loose backstory of, like, where he currently is. And, again, none of these things are, like, going to verbally be in the novel. They will be, like, hinted at, mo- like, motifed. But it's like whatnot. you kind of have to create this person in your mind before you can yeah. write. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before you can I think write. I, have a, I think I have a pretty good backstory and a little bit of, um, of drive. I've now decided where I want to take this character and like the um, this someone's firing a gun in my house. Yes. Um, <laughs> bang okay. bang skeet skeet. You don't want to meet us in the street. Uh, what is that vanilla face? Oh, Duncan got that Daddy Bezos money and decided to ball out on a Nerf gun. <laughs> <laughs> my dad sent this to me for my oh, birthday. That's awesome. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to rob an Amazon truck with it. Yeah. Oh, that's um, what I was doing. But yeah, I mean, I got a good backstory. I think I have a good, like I said, oh. I don't know if it's going to be the, um, like, plot or, like, the motive of this character to, like, find out what happened to his family. I don't know if that's going to be, that may be, like, a secondary plot. I think the main plot is still, like, he needs to just survive in the, like, this, like situation but a secondary plot maybe like him trying to figure out okay what happened to my parents and again i want don't want to reveal too much but i have a pretty good like a little so something something and again it, it brings ca- us kind of right to where i begin the novel with the dead dog uh, uh, beautiful so gorgeous um, um yeah let's hop into music keep this moving um i first want to bring up I sent this to Jackson, but I don't know if you watched all of them. The Biggie versus Tupac lyricism. Yeah, I watched who was the first better, Who was a better rapper? I found it fascinating because I had always thought... I didn't... I haven't listened to a lot of Tupac. That's not really my vibe, my style. And obviously, he's super popular. He's like a cultural icon. But um, this was like a... Someone who has... He's, I believe, a... Um, what's the term for it? He like checks people's writing. He like yes. He's a copy editor, I think is the term for it. An editor, an editor, he yes. But I think in says, what the video was mentioning was how he would really he he would focus on what the people were saying, and that's his kind of like shtick. Is his lyrics are always very like heavy handed and very like thought provoking, while Biggie's is while very you know. You have to read between the lines with Biggie sometimes. Like he'll make yeah. like a reference to him selling dope on like the side of the, uh, like on a, on a corner. But he won't explicitly say I was doing that. Yeah. I mean, he does. He was like, so, I was selling, you know. But what I was trying to get at was the guy making the videos, I believe, is a copy editor. And uh-huh. so he has a, like, he's studied literature mm-hmm. quite a bit. And so he was like going at 
the two rappers from like the idea of using literary devices. And like you said, like Biggie is like a lot better at using like similes a, and using a metaphor and yeah, yeah, like yeah, telling us what he what happened in his life that by not saying what happened in his life. And also by using like um I think it, I forget the term for it. These are all things we should have, I don't know, taken notes on, mostly me. But um no, that's that's no. Not. so there's a term for it's not alliteration, but it's when you make the vowel signs line up. Onomatopoeia. <laughs> no, that's like bang, boom, and like wham. Yeah. Um, ping. But um, Biggie uses that. There is the, like all the numerical devices he used. Nine nines, ten Mac tens. The shit yeah. never ends. Um, even if I had MC Hammer in them 357 bitches. Um... And then uh, there was just like a bunch of really cool stuff of him like breaking down that kind of thing and yeah. explaining why, in his opinion, Biggie is way better than Tupac. Oh, I, I totally agree. Like that's where I could see. I do only watch the first two, but like I think it's like in the first one he does like kind of like say he he's he's very Biggie leaning. I can yes. I already yeah. got and everything. I mean, like I, I'm with you. Like Tupac was more like. I would I listen to him early on when I was getting into both of them because they're like they're it like yeah like my like my grandmother knows that yeah. Biggie and Tupac are hip hop like yeah. they know that yeah. um and B, so I would like get into both of them because like this is maybe a good place to start and Biggie was just much more easier and more fun to listen to like. Some His of Tupac's beats were always so hot too, dude. Yes. Oh my god. Um, Tupac's was very like a lot of like I was watching that hip hop evolution from forever ago, and when they got to Tupac, they were talking about how like a very similar like upbringing to what Biggie did. He's not living in the best life, and he's like trying to make it by. He, like was gang affiliate or related in some way, and he kind of breaks through. But Pac's like beats and his lyrics are always so like dreary yeah like i always felt like yeah i always felt like very like besides california shut up down there besides like california love like i felt like oh this is like i I can't listen to tupac in the gym yeah i can't biggie i can't i can name a thousand like a million songs of biggie that like while he's definitely saying the same things that Pac is saying biggie's is just more like even his lyrics are just more punchy and yeah. more like they're more violent than like Tupac's like, Oh, like this is what's happening out in the street. And it's so terrible. Biggie's like, this is what's happening out in the street. And like, fuck it. Cause I'm running everything. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, but either way, um, I will quickly pull it up just cause I want to give the guy credit. Um, a, a Ron on TikTok. Um, <laughs> Why? Aaron, the copywriter. There you go. On TikTok. Um, his videos are super cool. He breaks down some other people. Um, he's going to be doing uh, like a bunch of different uh, stuff kind of in that vein. Um, maybe I'll be like, hey, come on the podcast. That would be, That'd be cool. Um, lyric of the week. Do you have a lyric of the week? Um, I do. Um, it is... Um, this is a new segment, by the way. It's called the Lyric of the Week. New segment. Beep, beep. You're welcome, um, guys. So uh, my Lyric of the Week is, it came into my head because Duncan was like, find one. And I said, uh, 
my bum is on your lips, my bum is on your lips, and if I'm lucky, you might just give it a little kiss. This is from Eminem's uh, classic, um, my, um, my Name Is, off of, I believe that's the Marshall Mathers the f- LP, the first one? Yes, that sounds right. I just picked that because for some reason that is always in my head. Like those TikToks where it's like, what, uh, you know, what uh, interview quote, celebrity interview quotes lives in your head rent free? What rapper lyrical quote lives in my head rap free is my bum is on your lips. My bum's on your lips. And if I'm lucky, you might just give it a little kiss. Just the audacity to say that in a very a funny, but yet like. Eminem made that and was completely serious. He's just yes. like, I'm like, it's so, it's so grandiose and excessive, but yet so like humorous and like horrifying too, where he's like, he plays this slim shady character where he's just like, I will literally shove my ass in your face. And yeah. I'm just hoping that you just give a little kiss. Yeah. Just, just give a little kiss. Um, so that not, actually, not there's prepared for the segment. Yes, there is two two things to this. Uh, first of all, my lyric of the week is from the recently uh, released album by Static Selecta. It's "Play Around" featuring Conway the Machine and Two Chains and Killer Mike. Um, amazing song. And somebody else, Alan Kingdom. Alan Thick. But. It is, uh, fuck, I just lost it. Um, it's like the refrain, call me Bob the Builder, I got the tools to lay you down. Just call back to us talking about Bob the Builder. Uh, it's just, it's a line that was just like stuck in my head all week. Yeah. But nice. with you talking, why, dude, does this fucking. Yeah, I mean, like, that's just like funny. Like when like stuff comes out like that, where it's like childhood shit. Or, like, they're, like, name-dropping someone, like, that shouldn't be in a rap song. It sticks in your head. Yeah. Like, like uh, again, like, Eminem's really good at it, where he can just, like, call out fucking, I don't even know who, like, like, uh, Dur- uh, Rob, Bobber, Bob Durst from L- yeah. Limp Biscuit or something. Yeah. Or, hey, that's me. Hi. How are you doing? So, this is a, you can see this? Yes. Yeah. This is a thing I found on TikTok, and it's called the Magic iPod. And you can take these songs, and yeah. it basically just matches up, like, BPM and shit. And so, this is the one that I found. Come on, work. Put the real Slim Shady on All Star by Smash Mouth. Can you hear this? No. Fuck. Maybe share your audio. I don't know how to do it, but no. no, it's what the the magic iPod. I'll look at this up. I miss you by Blink One Eight Two. Oh my god, I love it. Ocean Avenue over my head. Yeah, it's so it's so much fun. Misery like, business. I, I you only live once. Oh my god, is this all the songs that they have? Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, oh I god. wish there were more, but I did put X Go and Give It To You on a Thousand Miles by Vanessa Carlton. Uh, I was. It quite, it's quite a mashup. Laffy Taffy. Oh my god. Yeah, there's some some bangers. So I encourage you to check it out. I thought that this was gonna let me share my audio. I don't know why that doesn't do it. Hey man, it looks great. 
Um, we are going to take a quick break before we get into some uh, new music drops because uh, Jackson's going to eat dinner. Okay. All right. I'll be right back. Cool. Problem here. Y'all act like you never seen a white person before. Jaws all on the floor like Pam like Tommy just burst in the door and started whooping her ass first than before. They first were divorced, sewing her over furniture. Ah! It's the return of the Oh wait, no wait, you're kidding. He didn't just say what I think he did, did he? And Dr. Dre said, Nothing, you idiots, Dr. Dre's dead, he's locked in my basement. <laughs> hey now, you're an all-star. Get your game on, go play. Hey now, you're a rock star, get the show on. Eminem made an album of songs yes. with they other people. Charged? What? I said, were they very politically charged? Eh. The ones out, like, he made a couple of references to, like, coronavirus and, like, stuff like that. Coronavirus! Coronavirus! Shit is real! Um, but, I don't know, it was, uh, it was fine. It wasn't, like... I didn't listen to it, and I was like, wow, this is garbage. You know, like, I listened to it, and I was like, this is okay. Gotcha. Any uh, standout features? Uh, Dre was on it. That was oh. pretty good. Um, I don't know, a couple other people. Um, I kind of forget who was on it. They weren't super duper. The ones I heard weren't super, super, like, <clears throat> standout. But, I mean, like, Alfred's theme is pretty good. He's got a DJ premiere which didn't sound like DJ Premier at all, so I was kind of confused. Um, Young Ma, Royce to Five Nine, Ed Sheeran again, a couple people, Anderson Park. <clears throat> well, okay, so now that I'm looking, I think Black at this, Thought. Music to be murdered by two is the B side, so basically the deluxe version. Yeah. Of so this is just a, more songs. Yeah. So the. Murder to be uh, music to be murdered by the at the very end is Alfred outro, and then it begins with Alfred intro. So there we go. I'm gonna have to give a listen. I will definitely give a listen to the um, DJ it's, premiere. It's the fine. Yeah, 
My, uh, so I realized that I think that older artists that maybe like are not in their prime anymore um, are benefiting from this uh, pandemic because people want something that's like comforting that they know. Mm. So like my response to this Eminem album is way different than it would have been a year ago. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like a year ago, I would have been like, this is garbage, but I'm like, this is, this feels comfortable and it's new. So I'm happy with it. Mm. You know? Yeah. I mean, he dropped that, the, uh, you just ate dinner. How are you still eating pita chips? <laughs> they're right here. Sorry. <laughs> Let me just crunch through this one while I talk. Um, <laughs> He dropped the fr- the A side of the album in January, so this is pre-corona. So he probably has to go back in and be like, "Oh shit, I'm making songs about coronavirus for the B side." Yeah, and like, yeah, I don't know. I didn't notice anything particularly like politically charged, but I mean, it's fucking Eminem, so he'll probably be coming out with something in 2021. It's like Joe Biden's in the office, and I still hate the government. Or something. Yeah, um, I'm surprised. Like, yeah, I was. I'm surprised there wasn't like a fuck Donald Trump remix. Down. Yeah. So, well, yeah. yeah. Um, other new music, E40 and Too Short dropped an album. I saw that. Yep. I was very excited to see Too Short. Too Short's the best, man. He's fucking that, um, uh, I'm trying to think of that. He's uh, in that hip hop evolution, Too Short. And he's like the starter of, I'm trying to remember, whatever city he's from, it's like he starts hip-hop in that city yes um i think oakland i think he's an oakland boy that's why him and e40 are always like yeah but um yeah i listened to a little bit of that nothing too crazy e40 drops so much music that it's like stupid yeah he's like up from that gucci main cloth if you try to go through e40's like apple music library it is like easily a month worth of music it's ridiculous Um, so he was one of the, like, again, going back to the hip hop evolution, he's one where like his big claim to fame was he would just rap in the most like odd way possible. Yeah. Like he was like, never like in beat. It was like, he would be like polychromatic beats in his lyrics and everything. They just wouldn't fit. He would be making up his own words and shit like all throughout. And I remember I was just actually watching, um, a Dr. Disrespect stream and he was like, yo man, like. Someone was like, Doc, like, do you like E-40? And he goes, you have no idea, man. He's like, that's my guy. Like, yeah. He, so Doc loves E-40. Just I happy. also, the aspect of E-40 that I, I particularly love is that E-40 has, like, made his own language. That, like, yes, he exactly. comes up with his own little, like, phrases for shit and, like, like ah, just. The documentary was, thing. like, it was, like, he, they were interviewing, like, his cousin or someone, like, an old girlfriend or friend. They're like, it's this woman. She's like, yeah, that's just like how he, he talks. And it's just like, so he didn't like, no, like he legitimately just spurts shit out of the top of his head in a normal ass conversation. Yeah. He doesn't do it just in the studio. He does it his in his All entire the time, mm-hmm. which is fascinating. Like, I want to be around that. It's like Matthew McConaughey coming up with like the bumper sticker phrases, phrases. just in yeah. the middle of, you know, uh, an interview or something. E40 is just like, you know, you slip slap bang the fishy. And you're just like, yes, of course. Slip yeah. slap being the fishy. Absolutely. Um, it's always the west side up in this uh, in this attic. And you're like, what? <laughs> it is, yeah, I definitely, I relate to that. 
that just like making up your own fucking language. He must be a great improviser in stand-up yeah. comedy. He He's would a be, great improv. Everyone has always said that like stand-up comedy and rap are like parallel worlds. Um, I don't know. There wasn't a Diplo's album, his country was, album. He was he released the deluxe version, a couple extra songs tacked on. That's what I I listened to most of the songs that were already there because I saw it and I was like ah, and I was like mm, this is country and I'm like mm, no and I'm like I'm all right pass I did give it a listen but yeah um I've been listening to a lot of a tribe called Red Ooh. this week um they are a Canadian EDM band that focuses very much around um like Native, Native American. yeah kind of like tribal stuff. A lot of tribal drums and like they have like, a um, stuff. they have a song or maybe like on SoundCloud that is like forty five minutes long, and it like it goes in and out of all these chants and like like electronic like drops yeah. and wub not not necessarily wubs not, but like yeah. big like just really good like techno. I remember like putting that on and just kind of having like a real good workout one time because yeah. You feel it in your bones, dude. You feel it in your bones. It's like, it brings you back. This is, for all the woke people that listen to our podcast, I'm not comparing Native Americans to animals. But there's, it brings up your sort of like, your animalistic sort of tendencies that we all have. And it like sort of just taps into that. And like, so if you get that shit going, you're pumping. You're fucking pumping. Yeah, like not, not animalistic, but like you're... Your core instincts, your base you know, tendencies. Yeah, ever, we're all mammals, and yes. there's this inner, uh, almost uh, uh, aggression or rage, or you know, I don't even know. Yeah, animalistic sense to us all. Instincts, and, and it's tri- like we've all just about. like sort of. Um, this is getting deep, but we've all just sort of tried to like evolve to the point where we just forget about all that shit but it's like sometimes you just got to go back to got to get down and dirty go back to a trap called rabbit and and just uh, yeah. i yeah. love that shit i i'm very i took a native american um history course in college and it was so fascinating i i love my dad shout out to rick is huge into um sort of like uh native history and that kind of thing yeah. like all uh, um like crazy horse all that kind of shit and so yeah. Fantastic. But um, yeah, there's a mix they have with Diplo and Friends, actually, um, that I was listening to today. And the opening is they use, do you remember Louis C.K.'s bit about, he was like, fucking white people. He was like, they just called them Indians. And they're like, they're Indians now. Yeah, no, that may be what I'm talking about with it. It, That may be the 45 minute track on SoundCloud may just be an album. And it starts off with that. And then it's slowly like, Builds and builds and builds and builds. And like then, a, like, you're, I like, 20 that. minutes in, you're, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's fucking awesome. Um, they're on, yeah, SoundCloud. It's pretty easy to find. Um, they're on Spotify. I just looked. They're on, they're on everywhere, man. They're on all platforms. They're doing it. But, um, yeah, they also have that song with uh, Mose Def, a.k.a. Yasin Bey. That's a great song. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I wanted to go back to Tom Cruise. We talked about last episode. Yeah, him yelling. 
Yeah, so allegedly it was because there were a bunch of like crew people that were breaking social distancing and crowding around like a screen. That's it? Yeah. And so I was kind of like, like I get where he's coming from, but also like, I don't know, man, chill out. Honestly, Tom Cruise can do whatever the fuck he wants as long as he continues to, you know, launch himself out of helicopters. Yeah. He's a lunatic. Do you have you ever looked at Tom Cruise's face? I don't know if I brought this up before. No. His face isn't symmetrical in terms of his mouth. If you drew a line down a smiling Tom Cruise's face, you would see he has a single tooth in the middle. His his teeth are just positioned over like a half of a tooth. That's wild. That's one right down the middle. It's, That's it's wild. Fascinating. Yeah. Look it up. Like you're like, no how, way, no way. Look it up. How, Tom Cruise has a tooth right in the middle of his face. How has he not gotten that fixed, dude? Like if I, get, if I get money, if I get money ever, the like one of the first things I'm gonna do is get new teeth. If I got money, I would do some experimental surgery where I would just have one big wraparound tooth. <laughs> no flossing. Perfect, dude. You, there's no, there's so, no indents. It's just, it's just like a robot. Basically, you'd get grills. Basic. Yeah. But they're just white and not silver or gold. There was a rapper that I recently saw um, on Worldstar that got a diamond implanted as like right below his eye. <clears throat> how? I don't know how that works. Can you take it up? Like they like must, the, they must the like little, the, it. But the do bone. you know, like there's there's girls that have like a little like thing right here, like yeah, it was that pretty much. How does that work? Do they just? I don't know. Open or it like, up, or like the you know the back piercings. You know what I'm yeah, talking about? Yeah, that. How does that work? I don't understand it. Did they? Maybe they have like a a, a thing where you know um like Batman grappling hooks. It it's like a little point. And it shoots through a wall, and then it, like, goes beyond the wall. And when you pull it back, it, like, opens up the prongs and gets stuck. I was thinking maybe they, like, anchor it to the bone somehow. I was thinking maybe they surgically put a magnet in, and then just you... Their magnet... The, 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 the <laughs> so, like, you can put, like, like anything on the back. And then <laughs> you put, a, like, a literal bumper sticker. Yeah, a, a, a license plate. Yeah. <laughs> stuck on your tramp, on your tramp stamp area. Imagine if, like, then, like, they do the magnet surgery and then the magnet starts floating around and it just ends up, like, halfway up your back. <laughs> Have you looked up Tom Cruise and his one tooth? Yeah, it's, like, I can't tell if... It's definitely off, but, like, it almost looks like he broke his nose a lot and then, like, yeah. they reset it, like, off-center. So it does come, like, yeah. If you, like, are following his nose, but his smile... If you were to like look it's at his also smile, also like off center, yeah. yeah. His teeth are off center to his smile. Yeah, he has. Yes, it's yeah. fucking wild, man. That's crazy. Fix that shit, Tom Cruise. You got money. You got Tom Cruise money. You got Tom Cruise money. That's crazy. Um, I didn't think we'd. I didn't think we'd go there today. There we go. We've gone yeah. a lot of places today. Got and Tom I didn't Cruise think, money. Yeah, I know. We've been. This is, we've been recording for a while. Yeah. Um, do you kind of just want to get into the Dunko Lorian? Do I have anything else? I had a video, but um, again, Skype doesn't want to let me fucking share my shit. 
just kind of a bitch. Do, do we have anything else? No, I don't think I have anything else. I don't think I have things. Word. Um, I want to lay on my couch, so let's go. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, so welcome to Lorian. Dunkle Lorian, the finale, the final episode of season two. And Duncan, you even said, what an episode. Yes. What an episode. It was uh, quite something. There were some plot twists. Um, at times, it felt like it was just the plot of Iron Man 2. Um, sometimes sure. there were things I didn't expect. Um, there was a surprise appearance. Um, my future wife was very heavily featured. Smoking. Uh, she's so hot when she gets mad. So she, what, uh, she always has perfect makeup in the middle of space. <laughs> it's incredible, dude. Yeah. She's like, she's, real good she's like, hold on. <laughs> Her lashes are voluptuous in, in the middle of like a space firefight. I kind of want her to actually get that tattoo, though. I think that that's also hot. That, like, little face tattoo. Yeah. Um, so, so I forget how it opens, but... Um, I'll, I'll fill it because we probably have a lot to talk about. Um, they uh, Slave One with Boba Fett's ship that has Mando and Cardoon and everyone on it, it are chasing an Imperial shuttle that ah. has Dr. Piercing. The glasses beard guy on it. Very Nazi looking. Like yes. there's been a lot of Nazi allegories this season and in Star Wars in general. This was a very Nazi looking guy. Yeah. He looked like he had just come from trying to um, clone two twins, two Jewish twins that he had been given. <laughs> Happy Hanukkah. Um, but uh, so they get in there. And they're like, give us the guy. And uh, there's two uh, Empire soldiers that are in there. And they like immediately one of them takes and puts a gun to the doctor's head. And then the other one is like, wait, wait, wait. I don't give a shit. Let's talk about this. And the guy holding the gun to his head is like, uh, no, blah, blah, I'm a big tough guy. And then uh, he shoots the other one just immediately. Bang. See you yeah. later. Because the other guy's like, oh, like, I'm not with him. And he goes, fuck, you aren't. And you did. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, correct, you are not with me. Um, or us. And um, so then he starts, like, him and Cardoon start going back and forth. And he's just, like, berating her and, like, really getting under her skin and, like, talking about Alderaan and, like, all this kind of shit. Yeah, and, and then, not like, when she gets angry. I love when she gets angry. Um, and then, so eventually it just like comes to an escalation and she just fucking pops his head off and like, see you later, alligator. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, in a while, crocodile. Um, and then, so yeah, they take him. And then what's next? They go to uh, the Mandalore people. Uh, yeah, so he they have Dr. Pershing. Um, they go to, um, I forget what planet it is, but it's a big reveal. They land, and you see um, it's um, the spaceship's name is called the Gauntlet. Um, you see it in Clone Wars and in Rebels. It's Bo-Katan, the, uh, you know, the Mandalorian from Episode 2 or 3. Um, her ship, which we've seen multiple times, um, 
and it's just her and the other girl, Sasha Banks' character. They're sitting there, and we get like a really cool interaction. We learn a little bit more about Boba Fett and about Bo-Katan and everything in that little bar scene. So I can explain a little bit, but if you want to. Who is the younger girl? That's her name is Sasha Banks, not the character, but she's a WWE fighter. She's uh, like uh, she looks familiar. She looks. Yeah, she, that, I was like, I was trying to figure out who she, she was. was in that other episode, the episode three, yeah. with where you first reveal Bo Katan. Um, we don't see the third Mandalorian, the guy. His name's like Wolf something or something Wolf, uh, but we see her and her and Bo Katan and Boba. Right away, Bo Boba uh, or Bo Katan is like knows kind of who Boba Fett is, and it's just like. Just based off of what Boba says, she goes, I know that voice because his voice is the voice <laughs> of the clones. Yeah. In the Clone Wars. Yeah, she um, like mentions that too. Yeah. She goes, I've heard your voice a million times over. Basically, again, Boba Fett is a clone of Jango Fett. Jango Fett was the archetype for all of the clones yeah. in episode two and three and all the Clone Wars and everything. Basically, Stormtroopers for Stormtroopers. And he goes... Um, like your, she kind of retorts back, like you're not a real Mandalorian. We kind of get this weird little from a couple episodes ago. We have no idea if Boba Fett is a real Mandalorian. Jango Fett's a foundling. I don't know what the armor is. Like they're not from Mandalore. They were like taking it. It's a whole thing. We get that. Basically, she says like you're not a real Mandalorian because you're not like Mandalorian born. You're just a clone. Like you're. And he even goes like, "This is my father's armor." And she goes, "Don't you mean your donor?" Because, like, again, Boba Fett, like, didn't have sex with anyone. To, or Jango Fett is that <laughs> sex with anyone to have Boba Fett. It was literally, like, sex, Sarah says. Jango Fett literally went to the people that were making all the clones and were like, you can use my DNA to make all these clones, but give me one that will age at a normal rate. Yeah. Because all the clones aged, like, really quick. Yeah. Just so they could be ready to fight. And he goes, give me one that'll age at a normal rate. Rate. Oh yeah, here's Boba Fett. Like here's your kid. And so that's like, again, he's he. This like, Boba Fett wasn't born. He was made in a lab. It was just he was augmented to not age as fast. So they're like a whole thing. And he goes, oh, fuck you. Him and Sasha Bank fight, and then like they're like, we can't do anything. And Bo-Katan talks about the dark city about how she wants to wants it to, and she wants Moff Gideon's like light cruiser, his spaceship. So that's when they all go like off to like find them yeah um there was a very interesting like from a perspective of like cinematography they did a really good job of like that was a tense scene for like some reason you could immediately like it was like they were at each other's throats the whole time but like boba fett was kind of like i don't give a shit like fuck off guys like yeah he's he's basically like he's like um she makes a point to kind of like Book 10 talks about how like important Mandalore is, and she's like, I want to take it back. And he Boba Fett goes, like, fuck that place. That place is glass. Basically, Mandalore used to be this beautiful, like cityscape, like planet. All these people, like, you know, the Mandalorians, they it was not like a whole planet of like people in armor. Like they were like normal people living on there. It got decimated during the Clone Wars because Darth Maul came in, the whole thing. And when we see it, even um in like the original trilogy in the rebels cartoon it's decimated to like all sand and he he, boba fett makes that comment like that place is glass like the planet has been decimated to the point where the sand is turning into glass because it's like just constant like fires and gunfight and everything he goes that place like 
isn't worth your time. Yeah. Bo-Katan's like, technically, thanks to Rebels, she is like the rightful heir to like rule Mandalore. Like, yeah. She's like royalty, basically, in her blood. So she should be ruling um mandalore but like she can't because the place is literally overrun by like criminals and everything so yeah i think we'll get into it but next season may have a lot to do with the bo-katan character and yeah and everything so, um, so and ben, yeah, cool, cool fight where like uh, sasha bank like uses her jetpack to like get yeah. like a leverage on boba fett and everything it was really cool it was cool and like yeah it was a cool scene um then they head off and they uh go to the empire ship next and yeah like pershing shows them like where everything is and they come up with a plan and it's a very like um on the fly plan kind of yeah yeah they're just like uh we're gonna drive this here thing and we're gonna pretend we're fighting and then we're gonna drive this here thing into that their hole and then uh we'll see what happens sounds a lot like tuesday night yep uh couple of days in college for us you know um and so they uh basically the boba fett pretends to be like firing at uh the other ship um and then they like land it in the port of the like where they send the fires fighters out of the empire ship and then basically the hatch opens and they walk down and they just kill everyone with blasters like they're just like pop 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 which yeah. is Star Wars is I'm noticing more and more just wild like discrepancy in weapons makes no difference at all. Yeah, stormtroopers have like the rifles, yeah, and they all just have pistols or something, and, and they're just like pop pop pop. It's yeah. like an old western. It's it's very much well, yeah, it's very much old westerny, and um, notoriously all stormtroopers are terrible shots. Yeah. So like it's kind of been established that like legitimately people are not afraid to go up against stormtroopers. Cause like I, I'm more of a better shot than this soldier. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. whoever. Yeah. <laughs> I am nobody. Yeah. Um, and so then they get in and, uh, they split up and Mando goes to find baby Yoda mm-hmm. and then the rest of them go to take over the ship, I believe. And so then Mando faces off with Moff Gideon. Oh, you're missing a lot. I'm missing a lot. Yeah. So awesome scenes from like the, the rest of like the girls, basically the two Mandos and then Fennec Shan and Cardoon. They're like blasting away like the Cardoon's gun jams. And yeah. uh, like their uh, Fennec Shan is like swinging stormtroopers around, kicking them and shooting them like behind her and everything. It was awesome. Um, the two Mandalorians are like bouncing up and down with their jetpacks, like taking people out. Mando, yes, goes finds baby Yoda, but he... Uh, comes in contact with the dark troopers first. Oh yes, yeah, and he gets like fucked up by one of the oh, dark yeah, troopers. Yeah, dude, I was like kind of scared watching it. Yeah, but then he just like slips his pen in the door. What is that so, thing? So the pen was from Pershing's. He had one. Okay, yeah, because yeah. that's like w- this is again weird Star Wars where like all of those even in the original trilogies, the old ones, all of like the Nazi looking empire admirals had these pens and you're like oh those are just pens it's been more and more specifically in mando where they are actually like security keys yeah just so like they're not just like security yeah keys. and so like it's been like yeah here take this empire person's security key and you can like open all these doors and everything just so do it's, anything you want yeah. it's really not security whatsoever yeah. 
Moff Gideon is on the ship and he sees all these people coming in and is just like, activate the dark troopers. The dark troopers take a while to like boot up. So Mando gets there. They're, they're about to open up the door and he's blasting them. He's trying to close it. One gets through and then he fights it. And he's like the weird, like this is something weird that directors do with Pedro Pascal. Have you seen Game of Thrones? Yeah. Do you remember Pedro Pascal in Game of Thrones? He's Ober and the Snake. Yeah. He gets his head crushed by yeah. the mountain. Yeah. He was getting his fucking head pounded again by the dark trooper. He was, he was absolutely pounded into the wall. Yeah. It, it's the, a dark trooper holding Mando by like the neck or the shoulder and just punching his Beskar helmet deeper and deeper into a steel wall. Yeah. And I'm like, holy shit. Like, this is bad. That guy's gonna, Mando's gonna need to sit in a dark room for a couple of days. He's going into the blue tent. Yeah, no, um, he's gonna have to take his AP Gov test. Um, he's gonna have to take a couple breaks during it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. DeFranco yeah. won't let him. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, and so then, how does he end up defeating that dark trooper? So he does try everything. He's shooting it, nothing. He has his little flamethrower. He shoots the flamethrower like into the robot's yeah. stomach. It lights on fire and nothing does happens. Nothing. <laughs> he does his um, like lasso, cut, cuts it right in half. Um, his They're called the whistling birds. They're a little thing he shoots off of his arm. They whirl around, nothing. And he finally like gets enough strength to like grab onto his uh, spear that he won when he was with Ahsoka, yeah. stabs it right in the throat and like rips its head off. And it finally does. He runs over and pulls the thing, and all the dark troopers shoot out like the vent, of the, uh, the like the garbage disposal shoot yeah. um, out in the space. And he's like, uh, and then, like, right away, he bumps into, like, Moff Gideon. <laughs> He's just like, oh, hey, what are you doing here? Yeah. Well, Moff Gideon is actually, like, in, like, holding Baby Yoda hostage with the Darksaber, and they have, like, a nice, a weird interaction. I was like... Yeah. And then he ends up taking him, like, alive? Yeah. yeah. So, like, they fight. Yeah. They, like, a cool fight. Um, first, before that, M- Moff Gideon goes, like, I can see how you're attached to Baby Yoda. Like, I have everything I need from him. Like I have so his blood with the force sensitivity and everything he goes, you can take him, just leave. And he goes, fine. And immediately he's like, nope. And he like lights the dark uh, saber and they're fighting. One cool thing he's fighting with the spear. He, when like the dark saber touches the Beskar, it like lights up. And that's like the first time that like, you could see like the Beskar like could be like broken because like the dark saber is like melting the spear one cool thing, Mando has this like spear over here, and he kicks it, like back kicks it, and it whirls around and hits Moff Gideon. It was like a badass move. Takes him alive, um, and Moff Gideon even says like, "Oh, you're like, um, you're keeping me alive. How interesting." Yeah. He disarms him from the dark saber. That's how he kind of wins, and that's very important. Yeah. Brings him to the bridge. So. And then. Um... They're just like sitting up on the bridge, and he's like, "Oh, you like couldn't get past one uh, dark trooper. Good luck getting past a whole army." And this is where it's like it's literally just the plot of Iron Man Two. No, they all come back, and... and but they're all just like they all look like the robots from Iron Man Two. Um, and so then, um, what happens? What the before fu- you get to that? There's okay. a, a previous part. He brings Moff Gideon in and Boca oh, Chan. Yeah. Boca Chan's like, what happened? Like she's oh, not yeah, happy. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yes, because this is the part where he's like, Oh, how interesting. 
and then it's it's revealed in like the very next scene that because Mando defeated him and not uh, Bo-Katan, that it's Mando now has the Darksaber. And in mm. the Clone Wars and in Rebels, if you have the Darksaber, if you were the owner of it, you are the king or queen of that of Mandalore, the planet. Yes. And that's, that was Bo-Katan's whole po- fucking point of even helping Mando. Which and is going to be awesome. It sets up so many cool plot lines for next season. And I just love, I was texting the, uh, the multiverse chat about it, like, how Giancarlo Esposito plays that little, like, scene. He's just so fucking smug. He's just like, he goes, do you want me to tell him, like, what what just happened? And he's just like, he's like, he goes, uh, he goes, it's yours now, Mandalorian. Like, you, uh, it's just like, he's so smug. And he's, he's like, overjoyed that Mando yeah. defeated him and not Bo-Katan. Because he knows that Bo-Katan is only there, too. That was what she wanted. Yeah. 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 It, it was like such like great acting, and like that's why I really like the the, the actor Giancarlo Esposito in the character revealed a lot too. I thought he was going to be like a stiff Empire guy, but he's like got like like bravioso to him. He's super cocky. Yes, I think that's the wrong adjective, but yeah. Gr- what is it? Bravado, I think. Bravado, grandioso. I don't know. He has <laughs> Marlon. He has Marlon Brandioso. <laughs> Wingardium Brandioso. Yes. Uh, so dark troopers come back. Yes. And then all of a sudden they're like, what are we going to do? And they're like beating in the door of the bridge. And then all of a sudden a ship arrives. Next wing. Yes. Um, and it flies in and they're like, who the fuck is this? And then it gets out and it's a hooded figure in um, like robes with a lightsaber. And he just makes quick work of all the fucking dark troopers. Just like pop, 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 pop. One of the coolest things was that I was like on the edge of my seat. The first moment you see him come out. Yeah. This hooded figure. He's all in black. And you're like, okay, he's in black. And then he takes a lightsaber out. And you're like, oh, shit. But it was seen through the camera feed. And it was in black and white, so you had no idea what color the lightsaber was. Yeah. Because, like, that's, like, a big, like, revealing thing. Like, if it were blue, you'd be like, who the fuck is yeah. this? Because yeah. at that moment, the character that's revealed has a green lightsaber. Yeah. So if it was any other color than green, you'd be like, I don't know who the fuck this is. Yes. And so he makes quick work. He gets to the – there's some cool, like, fight scenes with awesome. him using the like, force and stuff like that. He's like doing all, like obviously all the stuff. He's like pushing boxes and like smashing robots, and then finishing off later. He's chopping up people. He it does he's... feel a little bit like Iron Man two when they're trapped in the thing. Yeah, and they're just like back to back, just fucking oh. up all the robots. Yeah, he, there's a moment too where like he <clears throat> force crushes. Yeah, one of the and that's, that's like a whole final total... one. Yeah, and that's like I've like I've heard so many people be like, oh shit, like. That's a very dark side thing to do, to force crush something yeah. like that. Um, and very so oh, very okay. similar to at the end of Rogue One, which you've said you've seen. The end of Rogue One shows Darth Vader slowly like walking down a corridor, a dark corridor, just fucking up rebels. Very similar, but just flipped like yeah. alliances. Yeah. That's a good guy fucking up all these Empire people just walking down a corridor. Like It's awesome. Casually. And so then he gets to the door of the bridge and Mando's like, open it. And they're like, what? But what? No. Huh? And so he goes over and he just like, he picks up baby Yoda and he puts him in the chair and he presses the button and it opens. And the guy walks in 
and he takes off his hood, and it's Captain America. It's Kevin Spacey. <laughs> You're like, what? It's Luke Skywalker. <laughs> um, and uh, all checks out. Great little timeline. Again, this is only like a couple years after um, Return of the Jedi, which was episode six. Um, people knew, too, it was going to be Luke because he has a black glove on on his yeah. right hand, which is where he gets chopped off by Vader in episode five. Um, awesome, awesome, awesome. What did you think of the deep fake like face? It was interesting. Little, it was a little wonky. It was a little wonky, but I thought overall it was like better than I expected. It's all like right here. Like the way his chin, yeah. is, there's no like definition to the chin. It kind of just melts in <clears throat> his neck. Yes. Because but, there's, there's no way to like recreate exactly, that. Yeah. So, um, yep. Yeah, he, Mando has an awesome touching moment. Um, that, the second time I watched it, I was like, wow, this is really deep. Where Baby Yoda touches Mando's helmet. Mando goes like, oh, okay, and takes it off. And finally, Baby Yoda is able to like, touch Mando's like real face. And, is like, that the first time Baby Yoda sees his face? No, at season one. Uh, no, yeah, it is. I'm sorry. Yes, yeah. it is. It is. Because that's what time. I thought. That's why I was season like. Season one, um, Mando does take mm-hmm. off his helmet in the last episode, but it's only when a droid sees him and like the, he heals him. Um, so Baby Yoda has, that's the first time he gets to see uh Din Djarin's face. Um and he like really heartfelt says goodbye. I'll see you soon or I will see you one point. It's super like it's literally like a dad giving up his son like, yeah. to a stranger. And then in walks C three PO. Yeah. In walks the Terminator. <laughs> bang bang. It's the Iron Man suit with Tony Stark. Um, it's R2-D2. He has like a little like, and he like jiggles and everything. And Baby Yoda's like, <laughs> people are saying that Baby Yoda recognizes R2-D2 because R2-D2 lived in the Jedi Temple when Grogu was still like training like 50 years ago. Yeah. Okay. So he probably like goes, I know that droid. Like that's R2-D2. Yeah. yeah. The, the closed captions on that entire scene are so funny. Because it's, like, it's just like coos, wines, yeah. coos, wines. Seriously, coos. <laughs> and then it's like R2-D2 beeps. <laughs> and you're like, wow, thank you. <laughs> yeah. um, that's kind of it. Um, there is a, a credit scene. Yes. So go I, So the credits hit, and I was like, God, I have to go to the bathroom so bad. Went in the other room to go to the bathroom, and then just heard the entire cut scene. And I yeah. was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> I would and love so, you to describe in the best way possible this little <clears throat> scene because, like, there's a character in there that I fucking cannot stop but laughing at. Yes. So, in comes open on a desert planet with crunching sounds in the background, a moon and a sun in the sky, <clears throat> two moons. Two suns. Two moons. Three moons. Two no, suns. it's two suns, rather. The twin suns of... It's Tatooine. We're on Tatooine. We're on Tatooine. The twin suns. And um, there's a small hut-type situation happening. Um, and small then hut, no, cut, big palace. It's a big palace-type situation happening. <laughs> cut to inside said palace hut. Uh, there's a throne. 
there is a person who looks vaguely like <laughs> sitting on the throne. <laughs> 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 oh, Jesus. Um, there's a person who looks vaguely like Kevin Turbin sitting there. There we go. Keeping that one in. <laughs> Keeping that one in. Um, and so I think uh, the Asian chick. Fennec Shan, yeah. Fennec Shan pops, like, busts in, and she's like, she. there's, like, a bunch of slaves chained to the the thing. Uh, and so she, like, frees all of them. And she frees then, one of them and blasts a bunch of other people. Yeah. And then um, it's very, like, it's well done. Um, Not a lot of dice. Palace. Um, and Boba Fett walks in, and... Kevin Turbin looks at him and goes, I didn't think you were alive. And then Boba Fett is like, bam. Yeah. And Kills then, Kevin. yeah, just murders him, murks him. And then he like throws him off the thing. <clears throat> and then he sits down and sets his gun down. And then I think it cuts. Yeah. Is so, um, just very clear, Kevin Turbin is Jabba the Hutt. No. But yes, yes, but no, yes, but no, yes, but no. So this, you said hut at the beginning, like we're in a hut. And I thought you were actually like making like a really good reference. So that is actually Jabba's palace. Yeah. Jabba is called Jabba the hut. And I was like, oh, like maybe he's doing it. But I'm like, no, Um, (laughs) I'm just dumb. (laughs) Fennishan comes down, bang, 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 um, kills all those people. Boba comes down. Boba comes down very similar to how he came down the stairs in Return of the Jedi. Boba has been to this palace before. Um, he worked for Jabba the Hutt, you know, 30-some-odd years ago or whatever, or not even that long, like a couple of years ago when, um, in Return of the Jedi um, when everyone thought he died. Um, and it's not Jabba on the throne. It's Jabba's, like, right-hand man, Bib Fortuna. But you uh-huh. can tell Bib Fortuna's gotten fat like Jabba. He yeah. was actually, like, a thinner guy that was, like, really creepy still looking with, like, the weird, ne- like head neck wraps and like the pointy teeth like, eh. but he was thinner yeah. um and yeah he goes like oh boba i heard rumors that you were maybe alive and he just goes kills him i love how he rips him off the throne and he sits on the throne just so like delicately yeah or just like plops himself down and is like fuck yes this is all mine now yeah and it shows like the book of boba fett coming you know december yeah. 2001 that uh, 2021 2001. Yeah. September uh, 11th, space, 2001. Uh, 2000, <laughs> September 11th, a space odyssey. Uh, um, season ends on like a huge, like awesome. Like we have like some good plot points to drive us. We think, I think it's going to be all about Mandalore and the, the dark saber and Bo-Katan and whatnot. I think Moff Gideon is still, or Giancarlo Esposito is still going to be in season three. He's going to yeah. be kept alive. He's going to be like this, you know, bad figure that's just like looming over them not set free but like just like in prison and probably just like you know taunting people um they have revealed that the book of boba fett is going to be a short like four episode mini series and it will okay, end I was wondering how they're doing that it will end and immediately the next week it's going to be mando season three starting fuck yeah dude yeah. so they're separate and we get like awesome like mandalorian boba fett shit um 
there's a lot. Like all that Star Wars news came out with all these different shows, the Ahsoka shows happening, uh, oh, an Obi Wan Kenobi show is already being made. There's a Cassian Andor show from like Rogue One. There's so much to like, so much Star Wars ready to to go, and so it's going to be like awesome. But this was like in a really really good season. It's always scary to have like your first season that blows everyone away, like season one Mando did, and they like ranked it up even more more by having all of these like pretty you know well-known or at least to like the people who watch the cartoons and everything like some awesome characters bringing Boba Fett back and giving him the payoff that he needed because literally in the re- in the movies we see him in episode five he really does nothing and yeah. then in episode six he dies 15 minutes in dies yeah. and so it was like yeah he looks awesome he's a bounty hunter he's got a rocket launcher on his back and he's got this armor but he did nothing and now we have like the final payoff that like he is a true badass he's got the knee rockets and shit if you had to pick an adjective to describe this finale what would it be or like something you felt throughout this bonertastic (laughs) seeing luke skywalker dude like luke skywalker (laughs) is i've already had a, a debate with richard about this Luke Skywalker is on like my number one Jedi, like all time. Like he's better. I like him better than Anakin. I like him better than Obi-Wan Kenobi. I like him better than all the other like little cool ones. Luke is the guy. Yeah. Luke, black suit, green lightsaber, can't beat him. Would you say you're maybe giddy? I would say I'm quite, quite giddy. I would say I'm Moff Giddy. I thought you were going to say it. But no. Yeah, I was trying to set you up for me to say it. And you, <laughs> it's okay. We've been doing this for way too long. <laughs> I know. My brain is fried right now. Um, Want to call it a night? Yeah. Like Call of Duty later? Yeah, I'm going. That's my next place. Sounds good. I'm just going to um, switch screens. There you go. Um, well, thank you for uh, being with us. We have currently been recording since fucking four with breaks in between. Yes. Um, this has been the Trolling Still Podcast. Um, this has been Jackson. Keep it sleazy. And I'm out. Peace out, you cool cats and kittens. Alright. Best of us. Happy holidays. Only facts, I will shoot up. Baby duck if it quacks with a ruga. Top billing, come cops and billing it. Shots is box shipped out and bought and y'all feeling it. LP killing it. Killer Mike killing shit. What more can I say? We top billing it. Valiant without villainy. Viciously found victory. Burnt towns and villages. Burning, looting, and pillaging. Murderers try to hurt us. We curse them and all their children. I just want the bread and bologna bundles to tuck away. I don't work for free. I am barely giving a fuck away. So 